to the Bards FM podcast. My name is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Q&A, Bards Nation's Questions. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. Today is Friday, March 11th, and the year is 2022. (laughs) The same year we started with in January, and it has not gotten any less crazy. We know that, but that's just what it's going to be. Because if you've made it through 2021 and survived it, 2022 is like a no brainer. It's just going to get worse. So buckle up because it's going to be fun. All right, Patriots, before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That is the Bards Nation's landing page on the MyPillow site. And of course, it's led by the great Mike Lindell who is a patriot, a Christian, and he's a fighter for liberty, one of the great CEOs of our time. So if you head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, use your promo code Bards. There's all sorts of great stuff you possibly can't live without. I'm sure of it. Like Giza Sheets off for 60%. I don't know what he does to those, but they're like, oh, man, they're addictive. You're going to love them. And the MyPillow Classics, 1998, and they've got a new MyPillow. It's got Giza Giza thread, Giza cotton in it. So check that out too. So there's all sorts of great products you've got to check out. And in the meantime, knowing that every time you go over to my pillow and you spend a little money, that money is going to fight for liberty. And that's what we need is we need to be supporting these companies and Mike Lindell's leading the way that support our values and support the way we want our corporations to function. And of course, since they've done so much to try to deplatform and erase my pillow and they failed, it just tells you how much success we're having. That's awesome. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. And there you go. You're set. Good to go. All right. So, Patriots, tonight we've got some Q&A. And before we do Q&A, I'm going to set it up because there's a number of questions, that some things I pulled out today that this will relate to. We're going to dig into some really good questions. I just want to tell you, we've done Q&A a lot over the last 18 months. And I've just continued to see, and this is just a big compliment to all of you out there. The questions that we continue to get are just, they're good. They're good. I had a study today. Like, who does that? (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. What are these questions? I've got a study on these questions. What the heck is this? But it's great. And I really appreciate it because it just shows a really engaged nation, Bards Nation. And it's awesome because these are questions that are very good and very pertinent on your mind. And I'm going to do my best to answer them. And I don't know if I'll answer the way you want, but I'm going to give you my honest opinion. Not like I ever have an opinion. You know that. All right. So let's begin with this. This is a little clip on the CBDC from a very fat kind of uh, Baba Baba the Hut type looking character. And we don't have the video. I think you got the picture. The only thing he didn't have was drool running off his mouth. And I think he's Spanish. He eats way too much stuff. But he's going to tell you a little bit about how the CBDC is going to work because the CBDC is redefining the concept of money. Pay attention a little bit after this. 
about our analysis on CBDC in particular for the use of general to the general use, uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash. Uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who is using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important, and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, she, to what cash is. The use of a central bank liability. In other words, what he just said is you no longer really have money. You have an extension of their liabilities that they're going to determine how you use it. And if they don't like the way you use it, they're going to cut you off. And that's the whole principle of the CBDC. And it's central, It's very important that you get that because if you're tempted and they're going to tempt you, it's going to be something really big like, hey, uh, if you take the the debt release, and I, and I don't know the whole program. I just know what I'm hearing tremors of. And there's always this little catch on the back end like, just get your shot and your COVID pass and we'll, it'll all be good. Yeah, that's the CBDC is a is also allows company countries to still have debt associated to their their balance sheet. So it's not a it's not a digital currency like we know. They're allowed to use this in a digital form to create total control over the money system and prevent you from using it correctly or using it freely, I should say. All right, now here's another piece. This is a piece from Dr. David Martin. We all know who he is. And he's going to give you a little glimpse into the real motive of what the mRNA was all about. The heart and soul of this is simple. We now have data that has been clearly published in the last several days that shows that as I've reported for several years now, mRNA, in fact, does get into the genome, does modify the genome, and in fact, is not something that's just this innocent little, you know, shot that creates a spike protein and you kind of get your fever and you get your COVID symptoms and you get over it and somehow that's good for you. This is a genetic engineering and genetic modification, as stated by the companies. And it is, in fact, gene therapy designed to harm humanity and perpetually make humanity a slave to the ongoing gene editing fantasies of psychopaths. Of psychopaths, as in the days of Noah. So they are literally trying to get people broken down so where people have to constantly come back for a shot and they can constantly manipulate their genes and use them as one big petri dish that's what the shot is ultimately all about the death shot and hopefully you didn't take it that's all i can say because otherwise <clears throat> you're going to wake up one day and you're going to have a like a horn growing out of your head or a tail out your butt and you're going to be like what happened it's like well <laughs> they activated your lizard gene. Welcome. All right, so here's another one. This is a neat little piece to give you a, a kind of an unknown aspect to what's going on in Ukraine. I Listen carefully. This is really interesting. Hey, guys. Most of you probably already heard of uh, a city in Ukraine called Odessa. It's in the south on the Black Sea. Well, guess what? That city specializes in the making of neon gas 
and the special kind of neon gas, which is 99.999% purity. That gas is very important for making superconductor chips. They are very important for technology, for uh, every modern technology, especially the super advanced ones for rockets, for smart cars, for computers, for phones. That city is going to be in the hands of the Russians and the West is making a siege on Russia. They're trying to cancel them and like they don't want anybody in the world to be connected to them in any way. So if the Russians try to push back on the West because now I think it was today or yesterday President Biden made a, like a law no company ever in the world can sell those chips to Russia and Russia is not making those chips they need to buy them from Taiwan mostly so that's like a national security for them national security issue so no country in the world could sell those chips to them but those chips are they need the neon gas and the neon gas is not in the hands of Russia now. 90% of American imports for that gas comes from Ukraine. And 70% of the world used for that gas, for the conductors, 70% comes from the Ukraine. So these leaders in the West and the world, if they don't get their stuff together, the Russians... They could mess up the whole thing for the whole world. Oh, this is a great counterplay by Putin. I'm giving him total credit here for being a chess player. So the Chinese are looking at Taiwan, which President Trump says Taiwan's next. He might be right. Putin has has Ukraine under his control, and he's got control of this neon gas, which they need to make these high-level chips. So you can kind of see how this is mapping out. And President Trump has said, we will get no more chips. He's warned us under Biden, we will get no more chips, which may be the case. So you don't don't expect to see any EVs, electric vehicles, anytime soon. <laughs> I'm not crying over that one, I'm telling you. So anyway, you can kind of see the play that's going on here. Ukraine is rich in resources and capabilities. And it all makes sense when you start to understand that we've been living in an illusion of nation states. So the last piece I'll play before we get into the question and answer is this. Listen closely. Done by an Australian guy. I can't remember his name. He is a he's a one of the conservative counter voices in us in Australia. Super good voice. And he lays this out really well. So listen closely. I mentioned this a couple of times, so forgive me if you've heard this before, but it's important a lot of people haven't heard it. What's going on in the Ukraine? First of all, it's a massive distraction. They're trying to distract you away from what's really going on in, in every everybody everybody's home country. Now, the Ukraine is, uh, this is not what you think it is. The Ukraine, let's get technical first. The Ukraine is not a sovereign state. It does not have internationally recognized sovereign borders. It's still part of Russia, has been since the 10th century. How about that? Now, lots happened in between. We understand that. But this is like Russia invading Russia. That's all it is. Now, second point. The Ukrainian people are very upset, particularly the Ukrainians in Australia. I get it. But guess what? You've been lied to, just like the Australian people have been lied to. We think we're a sovereign nation. We're not. The Ukrainians think they're a sovereign nation. They are not. See, the truth is slowly going to come out about what's really going on. And what's really going on is this. The Ukraine has been the centre of uh, 
of the globalists for decades and decades and decades, 70 years at least. CIA, which is not a good organisation, they're, they're the, the implementers of deep state, let's say. They've been working this in the Ukraine for 70 years, building up a resistance to everybody and everything. Why? Because they needed to bring the Soviet Union down, but they also want the resources that are in the Ukraine. That's what this is all about, particularly eastern Ukraine, massive natural resources that CIA goes in, gets control of, and American business interests, and they're not business, they're just robber barons. They're not legitimate businessmen. They just want to steal, and that's what goes on. And so they're taking that away from from the from Russia and the Ukraine. And on top of that, it's the center of the deep state. And so by Vlad Putin going in, he's cutting the head off the snake. Once Ukraine goes down, because they've already taken out the capital of uh, Kazakhstan. And if you want to have a look at what's weird, go look at the the architecture in Kazakhstan, and and tell me this is normal architectural uh, buildings of a struggling nation but ukraine that's the head of the snake and vlad's taking the head off once the head comes off the whole beast will die so that's what's actually going on folks so please they are going to tell you their stories about um possible nuclear war and vlad's the bad man this is the war with russia that they wanted with hillary clinton as president because she lost the whole war against russia was postponed this is the plan they always had to destroy russia because they don't have a a banking system that is under the Rothschilds. What a, you know, what a dangerous <laughs> course of action that is. And they want to get a hold of the resources. This is them taking down. Anyway, so Vlad's taking down Deep State. He's helping. He's cutting the head off the snake. So that's what's going on. So ignore all the, uh, the chatter you're going to hear over the next little while about potential nuclear war and uh, Russia's attempt to take over the globe. Completely the opposite. So that's the Ukraine. And uh, so pay attention, but please... Do your own research. Don't, um, for goodness sake, <laughs> don't watch mainstream media because uh, if their lips are moving, just like the politicians, if the media's lips are moving, they're lying. They're lying if their lips are moving, which we know, but just we need to be reminded. It's good. <clears throat> so I think that's a really good perspective on really how important Ukraine is because it is the hub and the center. Kazarian Mafia is right there. It is the center of all of the power of the deep state. And if you just let your mind relax a minute and you re realize and look at all the garbage has been going on under president trump look at the impeachment look at how many people the impeachment attempt look at how many people they brought in and how many connections they had to the ukraine look at the bidens look at the clintons look at the what is it hunts the ketchup family duponts i think was another one tire company people it's more than that but i'd rather i'd rather make them i'd rather think of them as ketchup and tires it's better but we we uh or Heinz, I guess it is. Yeah, whatever. Heinz hunts, whatever. <laughs> it's ketchup, man. It's ketchup. So we 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 do this, and we start to look at all the connections to Ukraine. You start to realize that that's really the hub. Look at where the money came from out of Iran. That's the hub. So a lot of what you're witnessing now is the unraveling of this. I'm not going to say who's on what side and who's good. It's just it, the whole thing's falling apart. So now let's get into the questions because I think that sets up some good things. First question, by the way, this first question is like this could take me two shows and I'm going to do it fairly quickly, but I'll give an overview of it. So what is your interpretation of the following books and chapters in relation to current future events? And just so I'm clear, I reread all of these before the show, just so I'm clear. Ezekiel, cha Ezekiel chapters 37, 38, 39, Daniel chapter 4, Zechariah 5, and Matthew 24. Whew, that was some quick reading of the Bible, let me tell you. All right. 
So I went through these and this is, I'm just going to kind of give you what I see as the trend of what these bring together. These are all prophecy based. So the first thing you have to understand, and you know how I feel about this, I don't try to interpret prophecy from the Bible. I hate it because it sums up right here in Matthew, actually Matthew 24, and it's Matthew 24 to be very specific. It's Matthew 24, 42 to Matthew 24, 44. Therefore, be on the alert for you do not know which day your Lord is coming, but be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. It's very important. So a lot of these are prophecy of where we currently are. And it's kind of looking at and trying to, I can, at least that's how I'm seeing this. We have a discussion of the dry bones, the Valley of the dry bones. Daniel covers, uh, the King acknowledges God. That's a, Nebuchadnezzar and that process, Zechariah is dealing with the flying scroll. Matthew 24 is the signs of Christ's return. Okay. And that's kind of where I like go. All right. I'm not, I'm not going into the interpretation of whether this is the time or not the time. I think that's absolutely, we've been told not to do that. And you know how I feel about it because it doesn't accomplish anything. What I can say is kind of as an overview when we get to the vision of the Valley of the Dry Bones, I think that if we want to apply it, look around. And when you take a look at Ezekiel 37 to 39, I think you could apply a lot of what you're seeing here with the whole mRNA, the destruction of society and what's going on. I think that there are some insights there. And I think it's important to consider that because we are in definitely a time of collapse and transition. But this is where I differ. I do not go to the end of time prophecy and say this. And I'm going to tell you where I'm going to go with this. And it's going to go to Romans 10, 10, 10 to 10, 13. Romans 10, 10 to 13. Listen to these words. For what the heart of a person believes, resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'm bringing that up because so much of these verses that I've been asked to look at get into the state of Israel. Here's the thing. Israel as we know it today is, I want you to think about this, it was created in the last hundred years. It was purchased by the Rothschilds. That's how that land was. was. Now I want you to go back to our founding fathers for a minute, and I want you to imagine what it would have been like to consider what Israel would have been. And I would argue that in the idea of what's in Romans 10, 10, to 13, that they saw that the new promised land was here. Because Israel, as we are been guided by our churches today to worship, I hate to tell you, that's a Rothschild's creation. And I will not, and that's why I do not give much credence to Israel. It bugs me every time people do it. And that's why I think the entire vision of what we talk about and people start to see the end of times is completely skewed. So, 
Where I go to is very simple. We have a task to do. You hear me say it every night at the end of the show, occupy the land, expand the kingdom. And to me, that is right in Matthew 24 to what I just read a minute ago, Matthew 24 to uh, 42 to 44. And it goes on all the way down to 24, 42 down to 50. It is our purpose in this day to continue to work and do diligently and be on the awares of the return of Christ, but we have no idea when he's coming. So I don't waste my time trying to figure out when he's coming. I think looking at signs is a pacification for our own nervousness, and it's not, and that in itself is a violation of what God's told us to do. God has told us to live without fear and be diligent on this earth to love thy neighbor as we love thyself. So last piece on this, it's a very important part of Matthew 24, which is this verse, 10 to 12. Matthew 24, 10 to 12. And at the time, and at that time, many will fall away and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and mislead many people. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will become cold. In this fight, this information war, that phrase has so much applicability because love is falling cold because of the lawlessness that's increased around us. And I'm simply saying that that's the one thing we have to overcome because to me, as I've been talking about a lot this week, through the love of our fellow man and our brothers, we have to, sisters do, don't want to be sexist, but in this love love of, of humankind, as we are told to love one another, if we do not revive our love in this time of chaos, we're not going to end up well on this. So, That's kind of my overall response. Hope that works. All right, next question. Good question, by the way, though. Next question, Bard's swag. Everybody wants it. So here's the plan and what's happening with Bard's swag. I made the decision not to buy swag from another company, but instead to source out the material coming from an American company, which we've identified, who's going to provide the T-shirts, the sweatshirts to start. And I've invested... This was God's lead to say, use some of your money to invest in somebody else. So I have invested in the equipment at God's lead so that someone else can start producing. I have a small business and they can start producing that swag for us. And all of this equipment is now in place and we're now getting the stuff in. in. And it's going to be a Bard's, it's going to be like a Bard's company nation. It's not a Bard's company officially, but it's going to be a part of the Bard's family that's producing the t-shirts and the swag for bards and we've got a couple other people involved in this that are producing other cool swag and i'm going to talk all about that when we release it's kind of a surprise right now but it's all bards nations people that are making the bard swag just so you know and it's coming and the anticipation of this is probably going to be i'd hope to have it out by the end of march i think we're going to be more like the end of april but we're moving fast and everything is in place and it's coming so be prepared and buckle up So next, if the sun and moon are local, would that prove a creator and plus a firmament? P.S. I won't be there to hear the answer. Is that bad of me? No, it's not bad of you. It's a good question. Well, it's an interesting question. This is a big thing about flat earth firmament. Do we live under a bubble? Here's my answer. I don't care. I really don't. And it makes no difference because God's within us. God's around us. God's the creator. If God decided to put us inside of a 
Petri dish. I Okay, good. Happy. It'd be a big one, though. So I just don't. These a lot of these questions I find interesting, and I'm just it's not a this is not a dig at people, but I'm curious why these obsessions are so big right now, and and they there is a big one, and a lot of people see this like this is the big answer because it answers everything. I will only say this: no matter what you discover as an answer, it will only open up more questions. So it's not answering anything, and what's before us right now, the most critical mission before us is bringing people closer to Christ. So whether that's a flat earth, a round earth, a donut, a uh, pizza slice, I don't know. But I here's my answer always. We, we can't trust government. We can't trust media. And we're not going to be able to unlock this thing easily. And the only person that has the answer is God. So dig in deep to God and seek his wisdom and it will be revealed. Pretty simple. Next, how significant will the pole shifts be on a global and individual level? As we are seeing pole shifts and as we think they are coming, we have no definitive proof, but that's what the indications are. It will be significant. If it does happen, like people anticipate a pole shift, like everything else, it would be significant because one of the big things that would happen would be waves that will hit as the, the pole shifts that magnetic shift is going to shift the wave pattern, crashing waves into one coast, and then the reciprocal will be crashing waves into another. That's as I understand it. Other, other people may disagree. So it's a lot of chaos that happens on the earth. What I personally believe is we are coming into some event like this. I don't know what that event is. I believe we are heading into a, a culmination event for humanity that is not going to be, it's far greater than anything we've imagined. It's going to stress us massively. And the only way we're going to get through it is working together. That's my opinion. And it's not something that I also want to add to this. I don't live in that place of, Oh my goodness. I'm, you know, it's the end of times. I just see this as a, a restart. I think we're heading into a new era, an amazing era. In fact, of reawakening. And I think it's coming to a grand new place that we are going to be, and it's it's a it's really we're seeing now this old guard falling, and we're going to have still tons of choices ahead of us, meaning big decisions of whether we want to continue with this, as I've talked so much about this kind of moderate elite, or whether we want to follow a path of God. Besides that, I I just don't spend a lot of time pining over the futures of what's going to happen. I just do due diligence, make sure I'm prepared, make sure I can move and scoot if I need to, and make sure we've got fallback positions and where are we going to go. And most of all, make sure I've got my anchor foot into the into faith and I'm talking to Father and Christ every day. So there you go. All right. With the alternate alternative economy concept, and one is using only cash and gold, for example, to buy and sell, how does one pay property taxes if the new economic system is based on the central bank digital currency? This is an outstanding question, and it's one of the big challenges that lies ahead. And I haven't talked much about this on the show, but property ownership is a massive thing. And who owns the property? So when you pay off your mortgage, you actually don't get a title to your land. You get a, it's basically a receipt saying that you paid it off, but you don't get an actual title to your land. That's a process that I'm actually exploring right now how to do that. And it goes to filing a land patent with the BLM. 
And that's just some new territory that I'm going through right now. And I will share all of those findings as I go. So how do you pay property taxes? That's a very good question. This is one of the principles I see of county by county, which would change some of this and what we're trying to fight for. This is a longer term vision is that we are getting county sovereignty and we are separating from the federal and the central bank's model, basically telling them to go pound sand and honoring people's right and their stewardship of the land and denying the central bank's claim on the land. That's my view. That's what I think we can accomplish. And some of that's just outright defiance. Now, as far as the short term of that, I think that there's going to be some options. And I, because I don't think in the short term, I don't think that they're going to be able to just suddenly flip everybody to the digital currency. There's going to have to be some sort of transition. I don't have those answers, but what I do know is like all things, there's always a workaround. No matter how perfect they want this system to be, it isn't in the place that they want it to be. And so the short term is we'll find a solution. I expect that there will be one. There'll be a transition period on the medium to long term. The fight is at county by county, and we have to push to get counties to claim sovereignty and to separate from the stewardship or claims that the central bank has on the land so that we can then return to a sovereign system of cash. Next, what are your thoughts and understanding about becoming a state's national citizen? It's an interesting question, and I, this is a, one of these that depends on who you talk to and what this means. Some people call that a sovereign citizen, as I understand. But what's interesting is the term national versus a, the national side of this. The, the, basically, this is claiming state sovereignty and going to the sense of sovereignty, as I understand this question. And this gets to a challenge of do our states really have sovereignty right now or have, and that would mean us getting all of our states cleaned out of this cabal. I'm not sure that seeking states national citizenship right now is of any value since the states, so many of the states are being run by deep staters and cabal hand puppets. I don't think that's going to work to the advantage. Oregon has a very strange clause that they put in with regards to getting land land patents, which means getting the title to your land, that if you mention sovereign citizen in the application, that they can deny you, which tells me sovereign citizen is what they fear the most because you can actually separate from the union. So I don't know. The, the answer is there's a lot of technical issues in this area, and this is one of these areas I have told you and I am continuing to research to try to put some things together to have a cohesive understanding of what all of these things mean because this is a legal area that not a lot of people have much experience in, and it is very critical, and it's at the core of a lot of what our fight is going to be. So I would just footnote this and say more to follow. Next question. Might leaving, I think it's living in Massachusetts, the maritime system be better bang for the buck in this war? I'm going to have to almost slide over this. When I did some research on this, um, when we get to common law versus maritime law, I'm not an expert, and I'm not a real big fan of the maritime law system. That's kind of what they've been using with the birth certificate concept. Your your the idea of a a birthing, which is your citizenship, your birth, and it's like you birth into port. You're given a right, 
and then with that ownership that goes to the Catholic Church and basically the Vatican, they're able to then trade you as a and as an entity, put a value on you, and as they accumulate debt, this is very simplified, but as they accumulate debt, they're able to stack that debt on every single person on the earth. That's kind of the concept. And that all originates from our birth certificate. So I wouldn't, I would not be looking at maritime law as any solution. I would be looking towards common law as a system. And common law has its roots preceding, the way preceding the Constitution. It's common law also brings in the power of our sheriff and it brings in the power of citizens grand juries. So in my personal view, and there's probably other answers from what my current understanding of the problem is, Common law is the best answer going forward. And I just saw a comment that says, I, I'm all for God's law. And I agree with that, but that has to we have to shake that out. Meaning there has to be a format of how we're going to handle a lot of things. The only reason I say common law is it really does give a lot of power back to the people. And um, I, and that's, But there's a ton of education that goes along with that. Next question. Who is your biggest influence and why? How did they help mold you into the person you are today? Well, top of that list would be mom and dad and my grandparents right there. Um, so my dad was a, his, in, his knowledge and influence of small business and being a, a, a small business owner for his whole life, that was hugely impactive on my life. My, his dad, uh, my Grandfather Kesterson was, is still remains a big influence just in his, he was a really kind of a Western pioneer in many ways. He was a bronc rider. He was at one point a sheep rancher. He was a, a guy of doing a lot of things. He was a great fiddle player. He pretty much everything he did, he mastered. And I, there's a lot there. My mom's dad was a great writer and very active in politics. So that's kind of a family origin of things. And then through my life, I've had other influencers. Uh, one was uh, Dr. Leonard Adolph, who was my advising professor at uh, in, at college, university. And he was a very good friend. He was an East Asian specialist. He had a lot of influence in, uh, on my academic direction and a good one. He felt it was essential to open your mind and never join a group. Um, to always think free. Uh, actually, my... I think it was my ninth grade, uh, and this is an interesting one, but my ninth grade English teacher, Dale Painter, was a huge influence on my life. In my life, I flunked one test, one. And that test I flunked in English in ninth grade because I hated English rules. I, I hated it. And he called me back to his desk at the back of the room when the test came out, and he should put the test down, and he, he looked at it, and it was a big old F on it. And he said, Scott, he's, and this is the drill quote. He said, you're either stupid or you're brilliant. And I know you're not stupid. So from now on in my class, I don't ever want you taking another English test. I want you simply to do your creative writing and write as much as you can. Really inspiration. And it was the right type of teaching, a great model and led me forward. And then I've just had other people. Another really good impact on my life was General Scott Miller. If you know who he is. He was the general in uh, ahead of all forces in Afghanistan before he retired. 
recently, like within the last year. A great man and a great influence on my life. Uh, gave me some of the best advice ever. I gave him the last briefing before he left country in 2010. And his advice to me was, remember this, always start with small victories. And it was a great bit of advice. So there's a few bits for you. And um, really just a, a good path in my life. God's put me in a lot of different places. He's given me a lot of experience. I've worked with Pulitzer Prize winning photographer. It was impactive on my life. I've, I've had the opportunity of uh, most recently, as you know, I've had, I've over this last year, I've built a very close friendship with doc, with Brad Cummings. Um, he's just an amazing man and I get to know him. And so there's just so many pieces of people, but those are just some of the highlights. So the good question. Thank you. What, what, I said, would the new gold-backed currency be the same as the digital, digital, digitalized currency? To my understanding, um, there's a, I, I, this is a difficult one because I really don't have a direct answer to this. The CBDC is the central bank digital currency, and I don't think there's anything gold-backed to it. I believe there is in creation a Fed, sovereign Fed dollar, or treasury dollar, I should say, that is gold back. I've heard rumors of it. We've seen a lot of design concepts that pop up that people claim they've seen it. They also say that that's part of the new quantum financial system. I'm highly skeptical about this because there's been no real affirming of this. Um, I do know of some local concepts of currency, of people that are creating like gold certificates with chips of gold actually in them. And they're pushing that as a true sovereign county level currency. I'm super supportive of that idea. So I, when my guess is, is that anything CBDC, I would say be, don't be participant in if you can avoid it, because I think that that's just a, all that is like we heard is a way to control your spending. I'm, I'm also very suspect of any of the currencies that are being pushed, even by those that are claiming it's going to be a great new era with Nasera Jacera. I think Nasera Jacera is a massive psyop. And I think it's all intended. And I because I've seen so much of this, they they try to frame it around God's blessing to the whole world. I don't buy any of that because God does not need money. Um I think that Nasera Jacera is a trap for many, and it's the lure to get them into thinking of missing what's actually happening. I think it's, and some of those you'll hear are gold back. So this is going to be a really interesting walk ahead as we try to discern what is good and what is bad. Because right now, pretty much everything is suspect. We are suspect of our media. We are suspect of government. We are suspect of our financial institutions. We are suspect of corporations as we should be, which doesn't leave a whole lot except to trust in God and use our discernment. And that's going to be a real challenge. So uh, here's another, so good question. Here we go. Another one. Um, and this was a question and said, I may or may not want to apply publicly. I'm glad to reply to this publicly. And it was a, something that I said that they paraphrased. And I said something to this effect in a previous show where if our special forces decided to end child sex trafficking, they could shut it down in less than six months. They have the intel. They have the skills. They have the tools. And then the questions, there's two, there's three sub parts of this question. If that was even close to accurate, and I have no real doubt about that. Why won't they do it? What possible reason for not doing it 
Uh, so it could ever be better than the reasons for doing so. Uh, next part of that is I have pondered what would happen to those children who would have been rescued, and I could see that this is a possible, this is a critical, this is critical to issue to resolve. And the other is what would happen if child traffickers just didn't show up to, to work one day. Well, I'll end with that because that's making me giggle. I, that, that's a good one. Uh, here's here's my perspective on this. Number one, the full scope of the child sex trafficking issue really isn't, has not been presented to my knowledge. Let me be clear about this. To my knowledge, I don't know that it's been presented to like a joint special operations team or to special forces. Special forces is a, a not really the right group. They would be part of it, but your real groups are going to be more your more direct action teams. That would include Rangers, Delta, SEALs, and there would be some special forces elements in there. But it would also, this gets into a very convoluted space, which is called Posse Comitatus, which is the ability for U.S. soldiers to operate on the ground in the United States, which by definition, they cannot operate on the ground. That's that's where you have domestic law enforcement and you have federal law enforcement and then you have National Guard, which can do both global and domestic operations. That was done to protect the people so that the military couldn't be used as a force on the people. So if if child sex trafficking was openly acknowledged and if the right enough if enough of the right people were in power, meaning you had to get rid of the dirtbags that are currently running this country, including a lot of the corporate heads, then the full force of the military technically could be used in conjunction with law enforcement. And my point of saying that is that the capacity, the capabilities more than anything are there. That was kind of my original intent of saying that the capabilities that we have are there to end it. It's not like we can't end it. The capabilities are there to end it. It's the will to end it. And obviously there's not enough will at the senior levels of our government to end it because it goes higher than that. It gets up into the senior levels of finance and, and that's where the real problem is. So if there is a operation going on behind the scenes, then part of this whole unraveling, it has to be done in a way that they start pulling away the influencers and they can pull apart the control agents that will then free up the, the will of the government to go after child sex traffickers. Finding them, they have the capabilities. Tracking them down, hunting them down is well within our capability. The only thing that I caution on this is once we get into that place, it's not a place, it sounds good, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm just going to be cautious here. You're into a full military state at that point in time. To accomplish this means we become, we have to literally put our military into occupation mode and they have to go through and clean out and do and treat every citizen as if you're suspect until they sort out who you are. That's the real downside to all this. However, that I mean, just to footnote that, again, we have the capabilities. How they pull this off, I don't know. So, and then the last part of that question is what happens if child sex traffickers didn't show up to work one day? <laughs> I'd probably... I, I, I would consider drinking that day in celebration. <laughs> that would be my answer. Hell with them. 
The child sex traffickers, as far as I'm concerned, put their damn heads on a stake in every town and lined the entry place to every town. So that would be my sense. Now, the final comment on this is for the sake of the children, I think if people understood, the biggest problem of this is if they can make it clear, which is our media is complicit, our government's complicit, our agencies are complicit. If you could make it clear to the people what the problem was, there would be no hesitation to endure the sacrifice to fix the problem because part of what would happen is people would volunteer to give information and to seek out a solution. So there wouldn't be an issue of support for it, but we have to get past the blockades that are making it impossible, which right on the top of that list is our dirtbag media, right up there on the top. Okay, good question. Next, do you think if a property has been paid off and has no mortgage, would it be potentially involved with a with or taken by the great reset, you will own nothing plan? This is another one of these. It relates back to what I mentioned before, which is the land patent. I, I will say this. If they want to take it, they're going to take it. But the easiest first grabs on this are going to be the ones that are mortgaged and they're going to bargain that deal. I've mentioned that before. They would use, in my opinion, they would use the digital currency to bargain your way, to bargain your debt away, offer you a a universal basic income, and then basically tell you that, you know, we'll, we'll relieve your debt but we're going to own your house. You can rent from us and they'll kind of give you some things like, well, or you'll rent from us and we'll maintain it for you. The ones that are paid off, I think they're, it's a, it's more of an, a game of attrition. I think they're going to try to squeeze people over time. They'll probably try to raise taxes and they'll make it difficult to make payment. If you're not using a digital currency, I don't think they have to exactly seize it. I, I think that that they know smart enough that that's going to provoke a pretty violent reaction. Remember, these people are like snakes. They're all snakes. Probably they're all lizard heads too, for all I know. But that's that's it. So they're sly, they're, they're sneaky, and they like to stab you in the back. Just remember that. Okay, next question. It seems through history God has raised nations as others have fallen. Do you think these there is a chance that he is working in Russia as it seems that our ways have been lost in accordance to his will in this country do you see this as an ebb and flow, so to speak, in the saga of good versus evil more than a final chapter actually playing out biblically? I'm going to start with the last piece. I absolutely see this as an ebb and flow. I do not see this as a final chapter. I just I think that we're in a really amazing point in history, and that amazing point, I truly believe, is, is leading us uh, to a, a really amazing place of of, of awakening. And I think that we're going to, uh, I think that part of this is we're in some unknown territory in right now. So that's, that's part of this. Um, and I don't, I'm just, I don't scribe right to like this event here, this event there, because ultimately God has told us that it's only he will know the timing. So adding to that, I do think that as things work there, if you, I mentioned this last night, in fact, that this is very much in my opinion, like a wave going across the world. Canada was a peak in the wave. We had a wave on January 6th, kind of a peak on the wave right now. We're seeing Russia and you're seeing these waves, this oscillation happening more and more 
sprouting up all over the place. We're not getting any good news out of China, but just to kind of footnote that, as I mentioned before, my understanding is there's something like 30,000 Christian revivals daily in China, and there's something in the terms of like 300,000 um, or so, 300,000 protests in China a month. They've stopped prote- They have stopped reporting them, in fact. So there's waves happening all over the world, and it's shaking the foundations of what a known, the known systems are. And I, I see at the core of that a massive awakening of people and return to God all across the, the world. So I do think God's working in waves, and I do think it's a, it's a constant, it's just a, it's a, ultimately a good versus evil fight, and we know who wins that one. And I, I'm happy because we're on winning team right there. And the last questions for tonight is this. Um, since we all know that the cabal does not play by the rules and they want to be rid of or dispose of Russia, how would Russia succeed in getting what they want, actually what the awakened world wants, in presenting this information about biolabs in the Ukraine to the UN Security Council if the UN Security Council is ran by Gobulus in the first place, what world body would be the hammer to carry out the justice? Also, globalists have already used bioweapons on populations. Why would they stop now? Good question overall. Here's what I see. This fight is ultimately about us, the people, waking up. I've said this from the very beginning. We, the people, are the solution. We are the plan. We have to wake up and we have to demand justice. And the more that these things continue to pop up, the more that we are faced with an absolute truth, that it, that the governments that we have put alliance to are absolutely corrupted. And the worst of the corruption, sadly, appears to be here in this country. We have been rotted from top to bottom. So I don't have a, um, I don't know the, the whole layout of this, obviously, if I did, it'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Like, hey, I can tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. Everybody could go down and put some money down, and you'd make tons on bets. <laughs> but that's not what's going to happen here. So what I think that this whole concept that we're dealing with is so much presented at informational. That's why I played that piece on Ukraine. There is so much about this based on informational. The informational is also propaganda. It's distortion, and it's we're trying to find truth. Russia is presenting hard truth to the UN, and there's many people that follow that Security Council meeting today. That's put pressure back on our government. And one of the most sick things about what's happened right now and the big fight that we're facing right now is that our media, and this is really the big story. In fact, to the credit of Dan Bongino, he was on Jesse Waters' show yesterday, and he really pointed this out, and I and – I, he and I would disagree on Russia, but that's irrelevant. Um, Dan Bongino did a really good job of pointing out that the real fight here is just the simplicity of truth, that our government, our media are lying openly now. Our fact checkers only appeared when truth started to rise up, and they're not fact checkers, they're liars. And it's they're openly and wantingly, willingly lying to the people to distort the truth. That puts burden and onus back on our own government and our own system, and we the people have to demand truth. That's the big challenge. And what Russia is doing right now is shaking a big tree, literally. And that's interesting because that kind of goes back to the whole Daniel 4, which is 
was goes right back to our first question, which is Nebuchadnezzar, and it's it's actually Daniel four eleven. The tree, the tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole, whole earth. Its foliage, foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and it was food for all. The beasts in the field found shade under it. Da da da, and then it goes on to say chop down the tree and cut off its branches. So right now we are, it's an interesting consideration I hadn't done until just now. Perhaps that's giving us some insight into the time we're at. It's, um, it's an interesting time. Truth is, that's Daniel 4, by the way, and so I saw somebody ask the question, Daniel 4 and the discussion of Nebuchadnezzar. So, This is so important to realize how important we are in this fight. Russia's not going to win this alone. We're not going to, nobody's going to win this alone. This is the people of the world literally making a stand and saying enough is enough. We're done with this global cabal. We're done with your games. We're not going to comply. We're going to defy. And it's about the world becoming ungovernable. That doesn't mean it's not going to be with some without some pain. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have some really dirtbag thugs acting as police trying to empower the globalists. What we have to do is really look to what Canada did so well and, quite frankly, what January 6th did well. We don't give enough credit to that because that was all a bunch of dirtbag FBI and agencies type people trying to create a riot, and it wasn't there, that was not the intent. We have to come together and show those powerful, peaceful presence, a lot of prayer and a lot of alliance with God and pushing up that truth in the world so that it's undeniable. We totally unmask these people and there's nowhere left for them to hide, literally. And that's how this thing, I think, really shakes out and, and why I'm really like, just so I close with this on these questions tonight. One of the reasons I have no concern about global thermal nuclear war or bio war I do have a legitimate focus on the shortages of food, shortages of water, shortages of fuel. I think those are legitimate things that they are doing intentionally to squeeze people and to punish them because these people are nothing less than evil. They're just pure, gross evil. But we can persevere and we can do so together in working in fellowship looking out for our neighbor, loving thy neighbor as God would ask us to do. And as we come together and we start building bridges, we will sustain together and we will come through this in amazing ways because we will grow, we will awaken to how powerful we are as people, and most importantly, we will return to a world where God is at the center of all things we do. Great questions tonight. So let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, We thank you for this time we've come together and we thank you for these opportunities to just share thoughts and concerns of the many that are out here. And tonight we're just blessed with some really good questions and some things to consider and to reflect upon. And we're just blessed that you're here with us and walk with us and are leading us in this time. Lord, these are trying times. They are times now that we are, we feel the ebb and the flow of the pressures of the unknown What we do know is our media and our politicians have chosen a path of just abject lying. So, Lord, we just pray that 
none of the, what they say will touch anybody. We just shake that away. And, and we just, we want to, we want to see that broken, that whatever curse they're trying to put on the world is shattered and that people to seek you. And most importantly, to seek, seek that relationship with Jesus, to come closer to him, to have the conversations with him daily and to awaken and to rise up and to stand together and understand how much strength we have together, not apart. So Lord, just, just guide us here and, and help us heal the wounds. And Jesus, join us here in, in helping us heal the wounds between one another. Give us the wisdom of what it is to walk in the flesh as God's son and for us to build the bridges that we need to revive that love in you, Father, in all that we do. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. A great time to be alive, as I say every night, and it is. It's an exciting time. And I think I said, I read somebody earlier on the on the chat earlier that said, I, I, I don't know if I feel right about being excited about the time we're in right now. We should be. This isn't a time to really be excited, not fearful. God's with us, and he really is with us. And as we're standing with him, we're going to be okay. It's going to get a little bumpy, but we're going to be okay. The biggest thing that I'm going to say to everybody, and it goes to Joshua crossing the river, and it's the memorial stones. And there's a real deep meaning in that that I would like everybody to think on tonight and maybe take to prayer if you're so inclined. But that's a really important moment as he takes his army across the river and he talks about the memorial stones that he wants each man to pick up a stone. And that can mean a lot of things, but it means something to me very important, especially knowing a lot of having been in conflict and being knowing so many people that have. That memorial stone is so important right now to remember what we're in this fight for. So create your memorial stone to remember that this is about a fight for Christ and with Christ, and it's a fight for, for God, the one true God, and we're part of his army. This is the Lord's army. So in all this chaos, when we have to face some craziness, as Joshua's army ultimately had to do, because they slayed an entire city, but the one thing they had was a memorial stone to remember what Joshua was trying to show them, an intimate relationship with Father, that no matter where they had to go, no matter what they were called to do, they would never forget the intimate relationship with Father. So don't, if you don't ever forget that and cherish it because things are going to get a little bumpy. But if we keep that before us, we're going to be just fine. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. This is an amazing time. And we will never stop because we have prayer with us and we are going to keep our prayers going and we're going to keep ourselves anchored on the rock of faith. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for a purpose, for a reason, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, have a very blessed night. I'll see you at Fisher's in just a little bit. So until then, or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war, 
and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 